Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third. I'm Sandra Herrera, joined today by my colleague and co-host Lisa Roman, here today to recap the United States Women's National Team versus Netherlands Olympic quarterfinal. The United States advance on penalty kicks 4-2. Nobody won in this game, but we're going to talk all about it and what that means. Oh, Lisa, how are you doing today? Uh, I mean, this game didn't kick off till 7 a.m. Eastern, so that was good for me and my sleep schedule a little bit. Um, but the stress levels are still rising. I'm, I'm not comfortable with where we are right now in this team, but obviously we're going to dive all into that. But I mean, I got a little bit more sleep last night than I have uh, for those 4 a.m. kickoff times. What about you, Sandra? How are you feeling? Grateful. I'm feeling grateful today, Lisa. I'm grateful for the little bit of extra sleep we were able to get with the later kickoff. Grateful for Alyssa Nair and quite frankly, those saves and those hands. She brought it today. Uh, I think we uh, need to remind everybody really quickly that if you enjoy these like posts, quick hit uh, recaps of the Olympics, we appreciate you all joining us. Uh, so a reminder to follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere else you find your podcasts, and also YouTube. So uh, go ahead and find us, and let's get into it. Lisa, I think we just need to jump into this starting 11 because head coach Blacko Andonovsky hit us with another rotation. Uh, you know what? If he's not been nothing else, he's been consistent. We've been seeing a lot of player rotation. This was his uh, fourth different starting lineup. Uh, to hit up the Olympics. So let's take a look. He rolled out with Alyssa Nair in net, uh, Crystal Dunn, Becky Sauerbrunn, Abby Dahlkemper, and Kelly O'Hara in the back line. Sam Mewis, Julia Erzlinti, Haran to run out the midfield, and Tobin Heath, Carly Lloyd, and Lynn Williams uh, getting the start up top for the front line today. What were some of your impressions when you took a look at this uh, starting 11 here? My first thought, Sandra, yay, Lynn Williams. I was so happy to see her get the nod for the start. Um, she deserves it, especially coming off of the last three games that the United States has played. They needed to be more on the front foot, pressing high, high energy, attacking. And anyone that talks about Lynn Williams, and if anyone has ever seen her play, you understand that energy is her middle name. It's Lynn Energy Williams, and she brings the energy. She brings the high press on both sides of the ball. So her getting the start, um, huge. I was so happy to see that. And I mean, we'll get into how the game went, but clearly it worked and it proved well. She 
she made an impact the first minute of this game and and it showed so great job by Black Wondanowski to rotate her in there and get that. Um, I was a little surprised at, at some of the people. And then, I mean, I think it was still early and I hadn't had my coffee yet. And then I realized, yeah, this is win or go home. They need to go into penalty kicks at the end of this one. They're going to need players on at the end of the game that can not just take penalty kicks, but score them. So that's probably why we saw the starting forwards look a little different with a Carly Lloyd who has traditionally come on and been that firepower towards the end of a game. Uh, but you want players like Alex Morgan taking penalty kicks and Kristen press. So yeah. that was, that was something that at first I was like, wait, what? And then I, I drank some caffeine and I was like, Oh, duh. Lisa, come on. <laughs> no, absolutely. I feel you on that. And just to like maybe set the scene a little bit mm -hmm. for folks who are just here for the U S women's national team. Like all of the quarterfinals were taking place today. They had maybe about an hour separation between all of them for kickoff times. And there were a ton of games that went into extra time, a couple, uh, one that went into to penalty kicks. So there was something in the water today for sure. Um, not too shocking to see that this game sort of ended up playing out the way that it did. Uh, so maybe, you know, I mean, I think, uh, I don't know if that's giving a lot of credit or, or giving a lot of praise to, to Vlako Andonovsky, but you know, as long as the team keeps getting results, quite frankly, I think there's going to be a little bit of uh, leaning towards the, the ladder of praise versus the, the criticism. But I was, I was stoked. I was hyped to see Lynn Williams in this lineup, I mean, it's for lack of a better word, it's it's been stagnant a little bit, right? That that front line uh, hasn't sort of been the very very lethal sort of that 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 really kind of vicious mentality that we're used to seeing uh, in in front of goal. And having Lynn Williams slotting in there was also like significant for a number of reasons. But you know, to watch this player get selected to this roster initially as an alternate with a lot of question marks around this Olympics. Like, are, were we going to ever see some of these alternates selected in these games? And then the Olympics committee go ahead and, you know, extending the rosters to the full 22 to where head coaches can, can name a full 18 from the 22 players. Like just such a great storyline uh, so far for somebody like Lynn Williams and diving into this first half, quite frankly, let's get into it, Lisa immediately making an impact in this game. Lynn Williams was everywhere in this opening, like from the opening whistle. Uh, and for me watching this game, it felt nice. It was like a nice, I was like, oh, I was like, I was like, here's Peter. Like to quote, yeah. here they are. <laughs> to, quote, to quote Hook, I was like, oh, there they are. Like, I was just like, this is the team that we have been used to watching leading up to the Olympics at the very least. That they, this was a team that I think the concerns around the group stage was that it was a bit of unfamiliar, unfamiliarity in watching them play out their group matches. We weren't seeing a ton of, um, you know, high press, but we saw that in this in this game right off that whistle. We saw them getting into that high press, strong counter press, being a little bit more aggressive in their attack. Uh, it was nice to see. It felt like home for sure. It, it really did. And we had the high press from Williams, Lloyd and Heath, and it was so immediate that honestly, the Dutch were like, oh, you guys are really coming at us. It took Netherlands about 10, 15 minutes to understand where all this pressure was coming from. Um, and then, uh, of course, all the exposure and the high press from the United States front line um, and stretches out the United States defensive shape and their defensive organization. And once the Netherlands could 
understand that the press was going to come and it was going to come hard and fast. And they were going to, the United States was going to look to put the Netherlands under a lot of pressure. They relaxed, they calmed down and they were able to find the holes. And Sandra, they got on the board first. Um, I, I'm not sure how you were feeling at that moment. I, I'm sure I can look at your Twitter timeline. I was like, <laughs> oh no, oh no. I, yeah. I immediately was head down. I was like, oh no, what are you doing in the back line? Why, you know, you know that she is going to score. Vivian Mirama, she's the best on this team. She's scored, what was it, eight goals going Unreal. into this match. And she is the driving force behind all of yeah. their attack. You have to keep an eye on her. She can't be left to spin on one defender. And poor Abby Dalkemper, she's the one that got the worst of that. And, and Medima made her look silly she really did and it was a really beautiful ball really struck well and my, my head went down thank goodness I wasn't on that team and on a, on the bench I was like no what are you guys doing you had the front foot you were attacking and then you got exposed tighten up um, yeah. and I think that was the first mindset from a player like Julia it's after that goal went in and and she's the type of player that can organize the team and rally them and say we're doing the right thing by pressing. We need to continue to put pressure on them as soon as we lose the ball, but we need to be smarter defensively in our shape. And that's kind of how the rest of that first half went out. But there were some more goals. There were. I, I You know, I if you do happen to scroll on my Twitter right now, there's not going to be anything meaningful at all. It absolutely <laughs> was just, it was just pure, like, reactive. It was just a reactive timeline for me. Um, but... Uh, I was like kind of bummed to see that that first goal conceded just because of the tempo that the United States had established so early uh, that it was apparent that if if the Netherlands were going to get one, it was going to be on a bit of a counter uh, to after sort of trying to sustain a little bit uh, of what the United States were bringing them. And, uh, and, and Sandra, sorry, I don't mean to jump on top of you again here, but the play that happened for the Netherlands that they were able to do that, it was because Lindsay Horan was pushed so far forward, which oh. is really good for our attack. Yeah, but as but soon as we lose the ball, lot. she has to drop back and be that double yeah. six alongside Julie Ertz. And as the, the match went on, they got so much better at that relationship between double sixes and, and holding back defensive shape in that defensive midfield position versus Lindsay Horan pushing forward, getting into the attack, contributing with the forwards. Uh, Julie Ertz will always sit back and hold down the fort there, but that's where the relationship that's was missing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And they targeted it really quick. And you have to give credit to, to another, like that's not to take away from that first goal, like, you know, from, from Mima, but you know Serena Wigman, the the head coach of the Netherlands, did such a good job. I felt within this game, making these in, really these in game adjustments for her team to have them prepared uh, to sort of have these different looks at the United States uh, and really be able to sort of pinpoint and capitalize on areas of the game that the United States was bringing to them. So seeing that type of goal and like you don't have to give that player a lot of room. You know, Mima just just needed that little window of space and made it happen. And, and touching back a little bit to that starting 11, I know you and I were both very high on Tierna Davidson getting the starts over those final two uh, group matches. So we had, we wondered a little bit, I think what was going to happen in this match and, and Andonovsky went the way of Dahl Kemper. And honestly, you know, 
that might have been the move, considering mm-hmm. you have two straight games of 90 minutes. Want to give give your give your defenders maybe a bit of a break there. Uh, maybe the thinking was you want to have the fresher of the center backs going against a player like that. Um, but on the replay, it was a little bit painful because you just see that split second where where Dahl Camper kind of makes that decision to kind of step wide and it just opens up that already small window uh, just a little bit bigger and a player like that is gonna is gonna connect every time and and she did so so they found themselves down one zero at this in the 17th minute and i think maybe if it's another team if it's not a united states team like mentally that can kind of do something to you if you had the momentum going for those first you know 15 to 20 minutes of the game but you know lynn williams and sam mewis had them both had themselves a game. We were also kind of had some question marks around Sam Mewis too. We we're like, hey, like when is Sam? When is the you know the the six foot giant dominator of this game gonna you know kind of introduce herself to these Olympics? And she kind of did it in this in this match. And both of these players, you know, teammates on the North Carolina Courage side, connecting for the opening equalizer just really like 10 minutes later after conceding a goal, it was huge. It was a huge swing back for the United States in terms of momentum in this first half. It was a really thrilling back and forth in the opening 45. That was the response that we needed to see from the United States and how immediate it came was perfect. It made me take a deep breath and I was like, relax, Lise, you you can watch this game still without stressing out so much. Um, the the response immediately at the kickoff after they went down a goal was high energy press. It was the same that we saw for the first 10 minutes of the game, which made me feel so much better. And then, of course, the goal was beautiful. Lynn Williams getting the cross in. She just looks so calm and composed on the ball throughout this entire game. And then she gets the assist. And Sandra, then she gets a goal. Yeah. Heck yeah, Lynn Williams. It was so beautiful just a few minutes later to give the United States the go-ahead goal 2-1 heading into the half. Um, It was, that was a really good goal to see from Lynn Williams, almost similar to Miedema's goal in a sense, how she received the ball and then a quick volley shot. She only had a little bit of space, but the volley shot was beautiful, struck so well. And then the celebration after, ooh, gave me goosies. So many goosebumps to see Lynn Williams. So celebratory and so excited and her teammates just rallying around her. That's the kind of confidence you need to give a player like Lynn Williams, who's getting her first start in this Olympics and gets the assist and then gets the goal. Um, it really nice first half from Lynn Williams. And we talked a little bit about, bit about Sam Lewis being in that midfield and a little surprised at her to get the start, but the combination play, like you mentioned, because Williams and Mewis play on the same club team, they have that relationship and they have that good rhythm together. And it makes players just a little bit more relaxed and at ease when you can truly anticipate what your teammates are going to do on the field. And the play between them was really spectacular in this first 45 minutes. Yeah, it helps. The chemistry is important and it mm-hmm. showed in the first half for sure. Um, we also have to introduce these offside uh, breakthroughs for this team. And being so persistent, the United States, and being so persistent in their attack, maybe we're a little bit excited to to kind of bring back this familiar play, this this uh, high press that they're so comfortable in, um, that the, the runs maybe were a little bit just off. We're talking about like fractions here folks uh so they also kept their streak going of uh offside uh breakthroughs there disallowed goals per se 
uh, I've lost track of the tally. I want to say it's up to 10 Nine. now. I think Nine. Oh, maybe 10, 9, 10. Somewhere around there. Feel free to, to stat check us, folks. Uh, but it's a lot. The point is it's a lot. It's about as many goals as Vivian Minima has right now yeah. in the Olympics. Uh, but, you know, it didn't get discouraged. It looks like they were just kind of like, okay, great. We just got to keep going until it, until it hits. And that is kind of when you're in the knockout rounds, that's, kind of the mentality that you have to stick with and, and stay with it almost felt like they were knocking and they were maybe just maybe going to get that third goal at a halftime uh but it didn't come unfortunately uh so i think heading into halftime despite the really fun soccer that we saw the the good stuff that we saw in that first half exciting back and forth a little bit uh you still kind of felt that maybe the momentum uh, within a match like this, a knockout game, you know, a game with consequence kind of had, you know, the momentum in the favor of the United States for a second, having that, even though there was a narrow lead, having Lily into the first half. Um, and then we were curious. I know we're always curious to see what's going to happen in that second half. If there's ever adjustments that's going to be made. And we're going to get into that right now. Belisa, we always check with each other on our caffeine. And now we have to take a break to hydrate. So let's take a hydration break and then we'll be right back. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Delicious. <laughs> So yummy. I'm feeling hydrated. Man, H2O is so important. Hope everyone uh, <laughs> got their hydration in as well. Assuming that the players uh, got theirs as well, heading into the second half. Not shocking, really, to not see any immediate halftime substitutions in this one. You, ha you had to imagine, again, like I said, if, if not for nothing, Andonovsky's been consistent. Um, and he has been rotating and utilizing his max substitutions um, throughout games. But... Wasn't too surprised with the United States having the lead in this one uh, that Andonovsky opted to continue with his starting 11 to maybe try to see if they would just continue and roll on, perhaps maybe finish what they started in this second half. Um, but we didn't we didn't see that in this one. I think we saw a very good adjustment from this Netherlands side to continue to play a game with the United States, it was very, very intriguing to sort of see how they were 
I don't want to say so much following the United States game plan, but they were definitely looking for the areas in which to exploit them. And it was it was working for the most part for them. The second half was the Dutch came out on the front foot and they they studied the United States in their past play throughout the last several months. And they did their homework and they did their research. They found the weak points in the United States, where's the where the holes were in their formation, finding the gap, sitting in those pockets and exposing the United States. The second half at the beginning was it was all Dutch. They had more shots in the attack. They had more opportunities. They had three or four extremely close calls that either Alyssa Nair, who, oh my goodness, Sandra, we'll yeah. get to her, but We're hidden Alyssa, there. Yeah. Alyssa Nair would either save them or she would cover the far post and it would just go wide. But the chances that the Netherlands were throwing at the United States were really impressive looking. They they had a good halftime talk. They, they got their hydration and they came yep. out ready to fight and ready to win. Um, and, and then they get another goal. Miedema, again, um, incredible job by her. And again, if you take a look at it, it's Abby Dalkemper who's marking up against her, which, Tough. I mean, when you look at stat-wise, Miedema came into this game with eight goals in three games. So you know she's going to score. You know she's dangerous. And if she didn't score throughout this game, I'd be like, wow, United States, great defense. Yeah. However, she did get a couple on the board. Yeah. However, she didn't get that many. I'm trying to look at this a little bit positive. Trying to find the silver linings. I appreciate it. They stifled her a lot. She didn't make as many waves as she potentially could have. But when she was dangerous and with the ball, she made the United States back line look silly. Yeah. Honestly, really silly. She outpaced us, outpaced the United States in the back line. And that's the center back weaknesses that the United States have is pace. That's one thing that they don't have. And when you're going up against a team like the Netherlands, who has so much pace up top, it's they're going, it's going to hurt you at some point. Yeah. And it was just, I mean, just, just clinical. This player is just so, so good. I mean, yes, you, everybody can look back at the highlights and, and the goals and they're going to see how she, you may know, be exposed, uh, the center back duo there. And then there was a team, a collective team effort to maybe try to isolate this player, but it just did not work. You know, we saw Ertz kind of step, take a step, but it just didn't matter, you know? And I mean, to have the technical ability to take this sort of this right footed shot, you know, I mean, my takes this right footed shot and then it goes through like Ertz's legs and then just like it enters like the far left post like past like a fingertip of a listener like it was just it was just it was clinical there's no other way to put it and you just you see a goal like that happen and you're just like yep you know and just to have the presence of mind to be that quick to just sort of make that decision to just sort of turn and shoot just fantastic um so early too, really early in the second half, I think since we're talking about small silver linings in the game, like you get that Netherlands get that gets that equalizer. 54th minute. You're talking about, yeah, you're talking about eight, nine minutes into the half. That's still a lot of soccer to play if you're both of these teams, you know? So you're, I don't think you're panicking yet if you're on either side. I think this was a real game of, of momentum. And uh, it was nice to finally see and feel <laughs> that type of game for the United States uh, in this Olympic journey of theirs uh, for the moment. But uh, the momentum definitely, definitely shifted a little bit. I think it swung back the United States way a little bit when Andonovsky decided to start to flash his hand a little bit. He said, all right, this is the time. This is the type of team that I've got. And he makes a triple substitution just past the hour mark 
for, you know, he brings out Tobin Heath. He brings out um, Carly Lloyd. He brings out uh, Williams. No, I'm sorry. He brings out, uh, it was a Williams. He, he stayed and, on. Yeah. yeah and he was, so it's like, it was a full frontline substitution and bringing on Alex Morgan and Kristen Press to slot in. And then Rose Lavelle. And it's just like, I mean, you're talking about a player that had a huge role in that 2019 World Cup. Rose Lavelle bringing her on and being like, hey, let me just reintroduce myself real quick. It was, you love to see it. It's just, it was such a flex, man. I was like, unreal. That's an unreal substitution to have at your availability in a game like this in the Olympics. And it and it shifted. That, that momentum shifted back to the United States a little bit with those particular three players coming back on. That was Andonovsky's way of saying checkmate. <laughs> he was like, yeah. look what I can bring to this game, which, I mean, that's been the theme of this Olympics. The United States has such a deep roster and going from 18 to 22, it was like the hardest decision. And it showed today that he could bring on those three subs and it did change the game for the United States. They got more momentum. They were able to connect together. And honestly, I think because the Netherlands had gotten so used to playing against the original 11 that started that match and they found where the holes were. They found how to break them down. They understood where the press was going to come from when it came to Williams pressuring and Carly Lloyd pressuring. They understood how to break that down. Then with these substitutes coming on, especially with Alex Morgan and Rose Lavelle and Kristen Press, the fastest players, um, they they attack and they press differently towards the Netherlands. So the it took the Dutch a, a bit of time to figure out how to adjust to this. I, I think they came back, though. I mean, they, they took momentum again. The second half was yeah. so... Uh, it was like a roller coaster of it momentum was. and it was like solid momentum. It wasn't like just a back and forth game. It was 10 minutes in the United States favor and then 10 minutes yep. towards the Netherlands favor when these teams were really undoing those knots and, and feeling out their opponents. Um, and then towards the end of this second half, I was like, what is happening? All of a sudden the United States were pushing and I was like, guys, there's like 90 seconds left. What do you, where was this the last 10 minutes of this team? Like, this is great. Thanks for drawing a corner kick and really pressuring it high. But like, couldn't you have started this maybe like eight, seven minutes ago it, when there is enough time to get this momentum back? Like a yeah. little too late. No, it, was, it was, it was entertaining to say the least. A absolutely. And there were, again, ton of quarterfinal action that was happening during this day and I was like it feels right it feels right that this is the game that's closing out the slate of all of these quarterfinal games um and then the waves of momentum absolutely coming and going in those short amounts like those 10 minute increments on, on either side it was like a real heavyweight battle with like mm -hmm. someone taking a swing and then the other one taking another swing so uh, to close out I think you want to try to have that momentum if you know if you're the team pressing late in the game and it got a little nerve wracking there right around that 80th minute, Kelly O'Hara, our back line <laughs> feeling it maybe a little bit, but a, a choice was made. A foul was committed in the box. The referee wasted no time uh, in calling a penalty in that's rough. I think when you're in an Olympic quarterfinal like this, winner goes home or winner advances to, uh, you know, compete for the semifinal. And then the loser just goes home with like nothing to show for it. Um, that's tough. That's a tough, tough moment and a real opportunity if you're the other side. Uh, so Lika Martin steps up to take this penalty kick 
And Alyssa Nair, in like true legendary fashion here, we have to give the appropriate depth. We have to give the appropriate props, all of it. She comes up with a huge 80-minute penalty kick save in regulation. Ridiculous. I mean, did it bring back all sorts of 2019 World Cup semifinal vibes for you? Because it did for me, Lisa. Of course. Of course. How could it not? And going back to this foul that was committed, this was unnecessary. Did not need to happen. (laughs) Did not need to happen. Stay on your feet. Don't. You don't need to commit that foul, especially inside the box in the 80th minute. Just stay on your feet. Stay in front of the ball. That did not need to happen. And Lisa. Kelly O'Hara needs to buy a listener of, I don't even know what, beautiful Whatever she flowers and a car and everything and just say <laughs> thank you. That's what teammates having your back is for. But that foul did not need to com- be committed at all. And Alyssa Nair, just incredible, incredible job. Lisa, the defender absolutely jumped out of you right now. It just jumped (laughs) all the way out. You love to see it. Uh, Shout out to all of our new listeners who are unaware. Lisa is a former defender for Marquette University Division I soccer school. It just jumped out. She said, let me tell you how this was unnecessary. You love to hear it. I am old and retired and washed up, and I don't (laughs) even commit that foul. I am... Nowhere near as good as any of these players on the field, but you just keep your feet. You slide and and you don't need to commit that. But I mean, if I'm going to be very critical, the penalty kick was not that well struck. It was yeah. a little soft. It looked like she slipped a little. The The ground was wet and dewy and it was so humid there. Um, th- it wasn't struck as well as it could have been. And I'm a little, I was a little confused why Miedema didn't take it, but Hey, I'm not the Netherlands, so that's yeah. fine. And I had Alyssa Nair wearing my country shirt, and she saved it, so that was pretty cool. But the that was a great job by Alyssa Nair. Those were the vibes that we were looking for from this United States team. Um, oh, absolutely. But, but just it ended. It ended in the in regulation in a two two draw, and that's and that's just touching back to the the top of the podcast here, the top of this half hour. That's what I'm talking about. No, nobody actually won this game. It ended in a in a draw, two two in in, in regulation. Um, United States trying to bring back a little bit of that momentum to swing back their way. We started to see a little bit of like long ball happening. You got Alex Morgan and Kristen Press up there. Hey, why not? Right. You have to. You have to keep doing that. Curious, and I was. It, it was like okay. Curious to see if like that's what they're going to carry into the extra time. So we get into extra time. We see the it's two fifteen minute uh, increments here. Um, this this first half of extra time, I again it felt like all Netherlands for me really early on in that in that first extra time. I think they wanted to just try to maybe get that goal and then be really organized against this United States team. And you can't blame him. I mean, this is a, a, again, have to emphasize this was a very good Netherlands team that presented a lot of challenges to the United States. I think next to next to Sweden was probably viewed as the team that could give a team like the United States, the most problems during this Olympics. And we were seeing it today. Um, so it's sort of, that was a bit of the vibe that I was getting out of that first half extra time. What, what were your takeaways in that first 15 minutes of extra time, Lisa? I agree. The Netherlands had momentum. They were on the front foot. They were 
they had more of the flow of that first half um, of the extra time that was added on in the overtime. Um, And when the United States got their chances and they were in the attack, they were not clinical. They were not clinical. Their shots were way off target. Their set pieces were, maybe it was the end of regulation, of course, was watching so much soccer. It kind of escapes my mind at the time sometimes, but I believe Megan Rapino had a set piece opportunity. Oh yeah. Just say, I think it was late in the game and it wasn't yeah. even in play. She didn't even give her teammates a chance. It's one thing yeah. to hit those short. At least it's still in play. She hit it so long. It wasn't on frame. It was just a wasted opportunity. So the, the clinicalness of the final passes and the final shots for the United States in the overtime wasn't there. They, they looked like they didn't really know what they were doing in this point, yeah. and they were just looking to get to penalty kicks, which is not at all what you want to see from your team. And yeah. it looked like the Netherlands wanted to finish this game out before getting to a shootout. Yeah, and then seeing and then seeing that that second half of uh, of extra time. I mean, we start we started to to see that a little bit from the United States. That you know we hear it all the time the the mentality of just like one more chance, like one more try, like here we go, let's go. And we we saw. Some we started again the long ball, like trying to see it lobbed over. There was a, a moment for for Alex Morgan and another for for Kristen Press. Um, again, going to reintroduce these uh, offside calls. There were they, they connected on goal. There was a Alex Morgan chance there where there was it literally it literally was a a breakthrough based on a defensive error from the Netherlands, but it was ruled an offside position on on her part. Um, and Kristen Press. Absolutely nailing a great uh, a great attempt, but again ruled offside. And and, and VAR was active um, mm-hmm. <laughs> in this match for sure. They they absolutely took their time. Oh, um, their sweet old time. Their yeah. sweet old time. Took their time, but like, they wanted to get it right, and those those calls stood. So which is you know why the the game ended up going all the way into penalties. Uh, which you never want to see happen. Um, if you're a, a pundit or media viewing it, if you're a fan, hardcore fan, casual fan, if, if geez, I know if you're the player playing it, you'd hate to see it go to penalties. Uh, but it did. It went to penalties. And uh, I don't know. I think uh, in, a, in a game, it gave us a lot of moments of momentum for both teams here. I got to say that, like, you just look at the United States, you say, well, one of these goalkeepers already showed us that they could save a penalty kick in this game. Like you got to feel kind of good a little bit heading into it. And the body, honestly, like quite frankly, from what we were seeing on the stream, on the feed there, the body language was good from the United States side. Oh, the body language was great. And although so many goals were disallowed and called back due to offside, they're still scoring those goals. It's almost like training your brain. Um, What's that when like the dog hears the bell and then he gets a treat? It's like you can you see the ball hit the back of the net. You hear it. You celebrate a little, but you don't get the full taste of it. So these players could understand what it was like to score goals. That's why you do it in training. That's why you celebrate and in practice and you do shooting drills. So you get the rhythm and your muscle memory of scoring goals and the United States scored a lot of goals in this game. Some of them just didn't count. So they had that confidence that they could do it and they can find the back of the net. Um, but you're exactly right. The body language and the facial expression from Alyssa Nair. Whew, I was like, she's ready for these penalty kicks. Uh, she she looked so determined and ready. And that's exactly what you want to see from your goalkeeper heading into 
a penalty kick shootout that determines the fate of the Olympics, which the Euros, now the Olympics, and we saw it from games earlier this morning. I can't handle all these penalty kicks. I can't. <laughs> I'm, it's, it's way too much for me and my little heart. I can't handle it. For your little heart. Oh, man. <laughs> what about my little heart, Lisa? It was tough. <laughs> it was tough on my end, too. I was like, geez, we got to do a podcast about this. We got to write some stuff about it. Oh, my gosh. You know, it, it did also, along with like Alyssa Nair making, having some big moments and bringing back, you know, some 2019 World, World Cup semifinal vibes. This whole scenario, I got to be honest, also brought some 2016 Rio vibes for me. I mean, this was a team that was in the exact same position that they were in their 2016 quarterfinal against Sweden. They played 1-1 in regulation. Extra time didn't happen. Went to penalty kicks. And they did not have a good showing in that penalty kick shootout um, and watching this team uh, go into this penalty kick shootout and have not one, but two players who missed their penalty kicks in 2016 step up. I thought the same thing was huge. It was so huge. You absolutely love to see it. I loved every second uh, of watching these players convert their penalty kicks. A uh, special shout out to Alex Morgan and Kristen Press. It was a tough 2016 exit that they had, um, but it was a great. It was it was a great combination of like a team effort for even in the penalty kicks because you had Alyssa Nair really set the tone uh, because Netherlands appeared to they won the, the the coin toss and they elected to go first. And why why not when you've got mm-hmm the leading goal scorer in the Olympics and quite frankly, the best goal scorer in the world at the moment, uh, step up and take your penalty kick and really kind of force the other team to make theirs. And then to have these two players going head to head, Minima versus Nair and then Nair making this stop. It was huge. It absolutely feeds the energy to your PK takers, like full stop. Full stop. Heading into the penalty kicks, I would say the Netherlands had the upper hand. They had more momentum. They were a little bit on top of of the end of overtime play. They had a little bit more juice under them. And as soon as Alyssa Nair made that first stop, everything shifted. Everything shifted in favor of the United States. And you could tell even the players walking up to take their shots were like, I got this. My goalkeeper just saved one, which never happens. And then Sandra, she doesn't just save one. She saves two. Two. Yeah. Two. They weren't misses. They didn't go off the crossbar. She saved them. She cut them in her gloves. In her gloves. Incredible. (laughs) Not one, but two. And then on the other side, you had all these players uh, converting theirs. Uh, Roosevelt, Alex Morgan, Kristen Press, uh, Megan Rapinoe. Um, stepping up to ice this one and officially clinch a spot in the semifinal for the United States. Um, she really put the exclamation point on it. You, you love to see it. I mean, there was, um, again, we'll have time when the Olympics are over to maybe take a, a deeper dive into what did it all mean <laughs> or what did it all look like. Uh, but this attacking line has been dealing with some adversity um, during these Olympics, even through to this 
quarterfinal. Um, it looks like a, a huge, a huge talking point leading in, le- leading up into this quarterfinal was how this team and the coaching staff decided to execute their final group match against Australia. And a part of that was to go ahead and play out a draw, test them with a draw, and try to make sure that they advanced out of the group and have rested legs, you know, and rested attackers for this game in particular. And we saw that. I think we we did see that. We saw it in the in the regulation. We saw in the top line with Tobin Heath, with Carly Lloyd, with Lynn Williams. We saw what that looks like with player rotation and executing a, a game plan, a certain type of way to rest. Uh, Tobin Heath almost had that opening goal. But again, the offside call happened. There was a breakthrough there, but it didn't didn't count. So there, there was better looks from this attack coming out of this game than I think there has been in their previous group play. So... So that's a positive to take there. But as the game was winding down into extra time, it started to raise some of those concerns again. It started to raise some of those question marks about like, hey, you know, some of these some of these attackers in the top line, like, are they going to like really get through to, you know, extra time? How are they going to look or feel when they get into penalty kicks? Because it's one thing to to be rested and then come in and try to like change the game in regulation, but then to be asked to do that in 30 extra minutes of extra time, how are your legs feeling when you're stepping up to take these penalty kicks, you know? And at that point, you also subs, you also subbed out three really great attackers. You know, I know Lisa, you and I at one point were like, man, like they're not going to have Tobin Heath available to take these penalty kicks. That's what I thought. <laughs> and we were like bumped out about it. We were like, yo, this is going to come back to bite them. How did they just sub out Tobin Heath? And that's just some off mic action for you guys when we were texting each other, like sneak peek <laughs> of our text messaging. But like we were kind of like in our, we were like, hold on, Blacko, what are you doing? So it, you just, it ends up working out. You know, when they have the result that they had today, you just sort of have to talk about it how we're talking about it and then ultimately tip your hat to the coaching staff and the team they executed what they meant to execute and now they're in the semifinal going up against Canada and uh Lisa let's talk about it a little bit you know so they advance on penalty kicks 4-2 Alyssa Nair comes up huge makes those two saves um all four players stepped up to take their penalty kicks executed those and um this is maybe the type of game that doesn't Necessary. It's not officially qualified as a win, but it feels like one for this team. Like I think even, the vibes also for them, they think it's a win. Did you see the way they were celebrating too? It was. I, we were waiting for it. We were waiting yeah. for it. This this whole time, we were waiting for that. This whole Olympics, didn't even see this uh, the same that same kind of energy in a huge win like against New Zealand. You know what I mean? So that's why I'm just no. like this one. It's like it's going to go in the books as as a regulation draw advanced on penalties, but it feels like a win. It's the it's that confidence and that momentum builder that you absolutely want to have building towards a semifinal against what is considered another rival for this team. Uh, we got an all-CONCACAF semifinal coming up, folks. The Olympic semifinal will be taking place on August 2nd. Uh, set your alarms because it's going to be taking place at 4 a.m. Eastern time. So it's another early one. And uh, it's uh, United States versus Canada. 
So I think our only real takeaways here are that to preview this this game very, very quickly is that the last time these two teams met in a Olympic semifinal, it was dramatic to say the least. Uh, and it ended. It also ended in extra time with the United States uh, advancing off of uh, Alex Morgan and, and another uh, uh, free kick goal opportunity there. So it was uh, a very memorable game. And if people are looking for highlights, they can go check them out on, on YouTube, I'm sure. Uh, just look that up for the 2012 Olympic Games. Uh, but that's yeah, you uh, actually set your alarm for three o'clock. Rewatch that game, watch those highlights, and oh, then you'll no. be ready to go. That's terrible <laughs> advice. What's wrong with you? Listen, don't listen to Lisa. You've got you've got a couple days, guys. It's gonna happen on Sunday. It's fr- it's Friday. If you're listening to this, we're recording this immediately as of uh as of the quarterfinal post game. You've got some time. Uh take a look at him. Um, but you know, they're two teams with a history, no doubt. Uh whether they've competed against each other in international friendlies or in international stages like this, you know, during tournament of nations or, or she believes cup uh, there's, there's history between these two teams for sure. Sandra, I, I want to ask you as we look ahead to this Canada game and the United States going up against them, we've seen different lineups for the United States and taking a look specifically at the back line for the U S who do you think will be those four? Well, well Nair will be a goal. I think we can yeah. agree on that. But yeah. starting lineup, do you, who do you think will be the four? You know, I I would love to see Tina Davidson get back in and get a start. And she got the rest final. today. Yeah. She got the rest today, so she's feeling good. Yeah, if if I we're talking it. about uh if if Andonovsky's uh you know, if his if his criteria is to constantly rotate players and to ensure that they're getting rest and to have his uh sort of present players with their best foot forward. The equation, the black hole equation shows us that Tierna David should be tasked with this next start, but we'll see. Uh, stranger things have happened. Um, you gotta shout out somebody like Crystal Dunn. It looks like she is absolutely going to be going the rest of the way for these Olympics. Um, Kelly O'Hara, I'm not too sure. We saw today in this quarterfinal that you had somebody like Emily Sonnet on the bench uh, slotted, you know, to maybe come in in a scenario for that player, and not once uh, was there a scenario apparently comfortable enough uh, to allow that to happen. Um, so we'll we'll see. Um, but they've also got Casey Kruger uh, available in their twenty-two. So we'll see how the full eighteen gets announced uh, come Sunday. But uh, starting eleven, I think, you know. If you're Andonovsky, yeah, you're giving that you're giving mm-hmm. that start to somebody in in Davison. I think a Canadian team, a Canadian attack, is uh, one that you want to see Davidson in against. Uh, so we'll we'll see. They're they're going to be a tired team too, though. You know, they're a team that had to 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 tackle some some penalty kicks as well. They've had to run a lot of minutes in their game. They had to do extra time. They had to get down into to business just like the United States did in their quarterfinal. So it's, it'll, <laughs> I think it might be real clogged. It might be a real physical clogged battle. It's going to be some heavy legs in this one. Two days is not a, a lot when you're talking about having to go this long. It will be a really intense, fun, early match for us, but the United States is riding off a little bit of confidence. They have this confidence wave that they had heading into the Olympics. Sweden took it all away from the United States all of their confidence, all of their momentum. 
they gained it back in this advancement over the Netherlands. Not quite <laughs> a, a, a an exciting win, but an advancement over the Netherlands. They got their confidence back. They saw the ball hit the back of the net. They they win in penalty kicks and they see their goalkeeper have a phenomenal game. The momentum is in the United States favor heading into Canada's game. I hope you're right, Lisa. And, uh, you know, as always, we'll be here with everyone with post-game reactions. So stay tuned for that. We will do all the hard work of waking up and watching the game and talking about it with you all. If you prefer to just sleep, if you don't want to have any anxiety through these games, just sleep and come on and join us and, and we'll be here for you all. So looking ahead, it's going to be, once again, United States versus Canada on Sunday, August 2nd at 4 a.m. Eastern time. And then on the other side of that will be Sweden and Australia at uh, 7 a.m. Eastern time. So we'll see what happens in this one. No matter what, the United States uh, will find themselves uh, potentially competing for a medal of some color moving forward in this Olympics. Uh, everyone, I just want to thank you all for joining us today. Quick reminder uh, to go ahead and follow us again on Attacking Third at Twitter. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere that you find your podcast. Uh, we're also available as video. Hello. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Just visit YouTube.com, Attacking Third. And we will be back Sunday for an Olympic <laughs> recap for you all. Let's hope it's a victory, folks. This was uh, Attacking Third. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.